We're going to go to our weekly Earth Watch, where Earth First Nations people have been leading a struggle to defend their environment against the coastal gas link pipeline. Uh, The project being pushed by Calgary-based company TC Energy has the goal of moving natural gas from northeastern British Columbia to the coast, where a liquefied natural gas plant is set for construction. But as members of the indigenous um, Wet'suwet'en nation have pointed out, the pipeline not only presents dangers to the environment, it also violates their territorial uh, sovereignty. Um, And there's been a tremendous uh, struggle uh, going on that has gotten some attention here in the U.S. and around the world um, of First Nations people (coughs) defending their land and the environment. And here to discuss all of this with us, I'd like to welcome Jennifer Wickham. Jen is a member of CASIC, the Grizzly Bear House in the Bear Wolf Clan of the Wet'suwet'en people. Uh, She is currently working on a feature-length documentary film about the sovereignty of her nation as a creative producer. Uh, She is currently living on land that is now known as Northern British Columbia. She says she loves to bead and spend time with her family and dreams of freedom for her people and bright, shiny futures for all young people. Uh, Jennifer Wickham, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Alrighty, now we uh, began covering this uh, this issue early uh, last year about the, the struggles that have been going on. A lot has happened uh, since then. And uh, please uh, give us an update on where things are right now um, with that struggle against the coastal gas link pipeline. Right. So as I'm sure you can imagine, the pandemic has um, wreaked havoc on our communities and, you know, the the restrictions that have been put in place by our provincial health officer have not stopped the company at all from doing their work. In fact, they took every opportunity to increase their work. Um, They did have a restriction placed on their man camps and how many people that they could have um, in December, but they have regained uh, full capacity um, within the last month. And so we've seen an increase in the workers that are out on our territory. We've seen an increase in the surveillance and harassment of all of our people out on the territories. Um, There have been many incidents of uh, our people being stopped out on the territory, and one of the things that is currently happening is that the Environmental Assessment Office, which is a governing body within the province, is um, investigating their restricting access of our own Wet'suwet'en people to go out and practice our our sovereignty and our right to our territory. Um, this is a major violation of Coastal Gas Link's environmental certificate. One of the requirements is that they do not impede our access to our territory, um, and they have been doing that. And so 
that's currently um, an investigation that's happening with the Environmental Assessment Office. There have been incidents of Coastal GasLink employees and um, security and contractors uh, coming up to our our people out on the territory. Uh, we do regular um, patrolling and surveillance of the activities that they're doing. And in one particular incident recently, um, a security officer actually went up and physically grabbed one of our people. And as I'm sure you can imagine, it was... Um, it, 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 you know, during a global pandemic when people are supposed to be, you know, there's requirements within our, our province to stay six feet away, to wear a mask, and all the restrictions that are in place. Um, and the owner of the company was not concerned at all. Um, he said it was not breaking a law, and he would talk to his employees. Um, of course, we're worried about our community safety. We've had um, elders and language speakers within our community um, contract the virus and have passed on. Um, and we have so many transient workers from uh, all across Canada and other places. Um, one of the main contractors is Benati, which is actually from... Italy, um, bringing workers into our small northern communities and essentially bringing COVID-19 with them. So it's been quietly continuing um, to perpetuate genocide on our people during this these very unprecedented times of uh, COVID-19 and this global pandemic. Right. And, you know, Jen, you hear, you know, Canadian public officials uh, going on about um, their relationship with Indigenous uh, nations. And, you know, what um, your people are saying is that the Canadian courts are basically ignoring their own rulings and denying um, their jurisdiction when convenient. So this clearly is violates uh, territorial uh, sovereignty. And we had heard last year that the five clans, there are five clans uh, that make up um, the Wet'suwet'en nation, they issued an eviction notice uh, to the Coastal GasLink Pipeline Company. Um, and it seems as though not only did that not happen, but they're just ignoring it and carrying on with the work, as you say. And a lot of people did civil disobedience. I know women were very much at, at the front lines um, protecting their land. So in addition to this particular ongoing struggle, how do you see the implications of this for other areas of indigenous uh, sovereignty uh, in uh, the, the territory that's now called uh, Canada? And of course that bleeds over into the territory now called the United States. Jen. Right. So the Wet'suwet'en people, like you said, they have, they won in 1997 a, Supreme Court case, the Supreme Court of Canada, determined that the Wet'suwet'en had never extinguished their rights and title to the territory. And 
through a freedom of information application, um, uh, you know, it was discovered that the provincial and the federal government and industry, and that included many different industries, including oil and gas, as well as forestry and mining, um, to suppress the outcome of that court case so that they would not be limited in their access to the resources on our territory. Um, this has huge implications for so many other struggles and and uh, fight for jurisdiction and sovereignty, um, certainly within the province of British Columbia, as their the the majority of this province is has not signed treaties and is completely unceded territory. So the provincial and federal government had said that they want to have conversations with our hereditary chiefs. Um, and, you know, during the pandemic, that hasn't really gone anywhere. <laughs> so we yeah. have yet to see any of the requirements of those discussions, um, any of the promises that the provincial or the federal government made um, come to fruition for our people. Yeah, and of course, um, the protocol of your nation, um, the law, is uh, in line with the UN Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples, which is supposed to guarantee Indigenous peoples' right to obtain free, prior, and informed consent for development on your territories. But also, you know, this is a, a fight around <clears throat> Indigenous sovereignty, but it also is a fight for the environment. And, uh, uh, you know, when one thinks of the environmental movement, uh, you think more of the you know, North American and European-based uh, movements uh, for environmental justice. But often what is left out are the fact that uh, frontline communities like Indigenous nations are at the forefront of this fight for the environment. Your uh, final thoughts here. We are continuing to fight. We have um, currently a judicial review that has yet to provide an outcome on the project, uh, we have the support of the UN Committee on Elimination of Racial Discrimination that has, you know, really um, condemned this project and asked Canada to follow through on their commitment to the United Declaration um, on the Rights of Indigenous People. And, you know, like you're saying, uh, Indigenous people have a real responsibility to the territory uh, that, we're respons that we're from and that we carry ancestral responsibilities to, and we're not going to quit and we're not going to give up and we're doing it for our children. Um, I have two nieces, one born during the pandemic <laughs> and a nephew that live out on the territory, and we're doing everything we can to ensure that they have complete access um, to their right to be Wichuitan people as they grow up. Yeah, and Jen, the part I think my sound uh, cut out a bit for you, um, because this is a fight um, about Indigenous sovereignty, but it also is a fight for the environment, isn't it? Um, tell us about that, the, just briefly, the environmental concerns. So this is really a struggle um, for all of us, <laughs> isn't it, Jen? 
It really is. And so one the the main focus of our fight is to protect our waterways and our wetlands and the river that they want to cross they we have recently learned that they want to do um, micro tunneling and put pipe underneath our that our headwaters and this is the main salmon spawning river in our territory and it feeds all of the nations and all of the communities indigenous and non-indigenous from here to the coast and the implications of them you know drilling underneath this river is going to affect the salmon habitat it's going to affect the water quality we drink directly from the river and there's not many places in the world where you can still do that you know the water isn't safe enough in other places and so even without any complications with a pipeline such as a break or a spill or a leak um the water quality will forever be changed just from putting the pipe underneath of it. And the Coastal Gasoline Company has confirmed and, you know, predicted this. And they have um, gone to communities and offered bottled water and, you know, essentially acknowledging that they're going to destroy our drinking water and that they will provide bottled water in its replacement and that's just not acceptable to us that's just outrageous and jen for people who want to find out more about this who want to um support uh the the struggles of the uh Wet'suwet'en nation uh, what should they do and we also want to take this opportunity to thank the global justice ecology project we do partner with them for our weekly earth minute which is coming up uh next and our weekly earth watch so for people who want more information who want to support be in touch what should they do jennifer wickham so we have a website it's yintaaccess.com y-i-n access.com and we have links to all of our social media pages on the website and you can contact us directly through email. Right, and we will try to put that information up. We will put that information up on our social media as well. Well, Jennifer Wickham, thank you for joining us and please keep us informed as we would like to continue to cover this really critical struggle. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me.